Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner in crime, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And this week we are talking about how to become a lean, mean, protein eating machine. Right, Dan? Yeah, this one should come pretty natural to us because we're both <laughs> protein machines, borderline carnivores. <laughs> if you are vegetarian, I would not recommend that you listen to this. Actually, I would recommend you listen to this because you need to know this stuff. Might be some hard truths in there, but at the end of the day, those hard truths might improve your health because a lot of vegans and vegetarians do it for ethical reasons, which is cool. But if you're suffering because of your ethical reasons that you're doing it for, then it's kind of a lose-lose, <laughs> really, because people yeah. are still going to eat animals and you're going to suffer in the meantime. And there's a lot of cases of people going vegan and then going back to eating animal products and the, it does recover the health pretty quick. So there's a lot of re- recovering vegans out there. I think that's that's absolutely true. And a lot of recovering vegetarians as well. I don't have a problem with people. They want to do stuff for ethical reasons, but you've got to understand and you really need to know some of this stuff about being able to make your proteins complete because I think people have absolutely no idea about this. And protein is one of our, it's one of our macronutrients. It's an essential, essential amino acids that our body actually needs to repair, rebuild, grow, keep healthy, lose fat, do all the stuff. But if you don't understand how to get the protein into your system and how much protein you actually need, which is probably a heck of a lot more than what you're actually eating, unless you're a bodybuilder, then you're on a hiding to nothing. That's when like, you're not going to be able to do the stuff that you want to do because you'll start getting injured, joint problems, inflammatory problems, all of those kind of things. And really a good steak would fix it. Yeah. And we need to be wary that if the way the, the food industry is gone. There's, we spoke about this a few times mm. now, but there's a there's an increasing trend of meat alternatives, and they're just absolutely horrific for your health. So, like Jill said, there's no alternative to a good steak. And all these meat based alternatives, if you even look at the ingredients on the back, they're just horrendous. It looks more like a kind of dog food. I don't know how people think just because it says high protein on the front of the packaging. And because it's made free, you think you're making an ethical an ethical choice. If you actually looked into what the hell's going on, and it's not even food, to be honest. It's 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 made in a factory, and there's all these different ingredients which you can't even pronounce compared to a cow that eats grass. And humans have lived on that for millions of years. It seems like a no-brainer to me, but we get marketed to and lied to, and mm. it's this propaganda, and it's all just money. It's it's cheaper to produce these things, but it makes your health worse. I was reading the other day that some of those vegan products that have been now touted around as as vegan, so therefore you kind of triggers some kind of healthy thing in your head. It doesn't to me or you, but to some people it will. And the class now is ultra processed foods. So along with the, you know, the horse burgers and stuff that all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> if you literally look, I think the the biggest they're like trending product now. It's the the brand is called Beyond Meat. If you look at the Beyond Meat burgers and have a look at the ingredients on the back, you'll be shocked at how many ingredients there actually are. It shouldn't be called Beyond Meat. It's Beyond Food. It's not food anymore. It's, I don't know what the hell it is. It's like a kind of bloody furniture cleaner or something. There's that many chemicals in it. I don't even know uh, what it is. It's not even... Yeah. 
No, no. So we're going to look today at what is protein, the different types of protein, why we need protein, and some top tips to get enough protein into you as well. So, right, Dan, what is protein? <laughs> there well, you go. You're probably better at explaining this than me yeah. because you've been reading Dr. Stacey's book and she's a wizard. At I must say that stuff. Dr. Stacey is pretty good. I did a load of training with Dr. Stacey. And can you remember, Dan, when I was on a mission, when I was doing all that training with the raw stuff? And um, Yeah, you yeah. go through phases where you get like obsessed with certain coaches, but you had the Dr. Stacey thing and then... <laughs> Tony Robbins seems to appear every like 18 months. Tony he, comes in, he comes in and out every now and then. <laughs> Paul Chick's yeah. always been a, a constant. Paul uh, Chick's a constant. <laughs> and now I've gone into um, I've gone into Patrick McEwen, McEwen now. I don't know how to say it about breathing. I just This is an alternate, like, quick sideline from protein. But I've seen this, Dan. I've started taping my mouth up on a night. Like, I'm showing Dan my mouth taping device oh i've seen um james nester i've seen when he he did that yeah yeah, yeah. so it makes you breathe through your nose we'll have to do a whole different podcast on that on my um nose nasal breathing mouth tip and see i can never thing. do that because it would pull my mustache off when i woke up in the morning like, you know what i was saying that though <laughs> it's really good for us girls you gotta like whip it off on a night it's like yeah you, know, you couldn't do it you'd have, have to have <laughs> anyway back to the protein so yeah so this is um dr state i'm going to be using a lot of dr stacy stuff here because um she really does know her onions around all of this and particularly women's health with this so protein is a superstar thing that we it, we need it it's an essential and um you know if you want to lose weight you eat protein if you want to balance your mood swings you eat protein you want to build muscle you eat protein so it's all of this stuff it is like it is the thing that we need to eat but probably nine out of ten of you listening to this podcast is not getting enough protein in um so protein is found naturally in animal products it's found in uh, plant products too so like nuts and cacao, raw cacao is one of the highest things in protein that you can get. So, um, yeah, so um, a study by John Hopkins University found that a diet with protein levels above current recommendations, let's just say the current recommendations are about 0.8 grams of protein per pound. Is that per, right? Per pound of body weight, yeah. Or per kilogram of body weight or per pound. So if, you, if you're looking at health, which we would describe, it would be per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. But some, some, you know, like you look at the, the government food pyramid, some of them uh-huh. use kilograms and that's way too low. If you're going to go right. per kilogram of body weight, you need 2.2. Um, Excellent. Yeah, right. 2. So 2. The, grams of protein, that's what was yeah. confusing us for a second, yeah. because the recommended guideline is not 0.8 gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. Yeah, that's way too low. You need to get more up to like uh, two grams. So, yeah, so that's the um, recommended, which is absolutely too low for an active woman or an active man. Um, so John Hopkins University found that a diet with protein levels above current recommendations, which is about 25%, which would average about 25% of calories coming from lean protein sources, led to a greater reduction in blood pressure, bad LDL cholesterol levels and triglycerides than a traditional high carb diet. So those who basically in plain speak, those who eat more protein have better heart, better blood pressure and better cholesterol levels in their bodies. And if you follow the traditional 
food pyramid given out by governments you would eat less protein and more refined carbohydrates they want like yeah. bread and pasta at every meal and you're just going to gain body fat your strength is going to go down you're going to lose muscle especially as you age and your metabolism is going to slow down so pretty much do the opposite yeah more, more <laughs> i know protein. it's like you yeah. look at the nhs or anywhere like the nhs is pretty good their website is quite good for a lot of things but it's so far behind on the nutritious and nutrition and all of that stuff and it's like it's crazy how it should be reversed shouldn't it really like this and eat all of this pasta and bread mm. and stuff like that's not a healthy diet at all no and it's probably not that they be that they're so far behind um when you look into it it's probably that they bought and paid for they lobbied by big wheat yeah. companies and things like that um yeah, like we, we all know that there was the kellogg's paid scientist to put out fake information didn't he that eating wheat would would make you heart healthy and eating animal fats would give you heart oh. attacks and in, in the early, in reality it's the complete opposite so again follow the money in the science just because it says follow the science doesn't mean the scientists haven't been bribed <laughs> paid off unfortunately yeah and we all know why conflicts were invented don't we dan yes you eloquently described that <laughs> on our <other laughs> podcast yeah if you're not sure why then go and listen to one of our <laughs> podcasts which i can't remember which one but i did tell you why that was invented Anyway, the optimal macronutrient intake trial to prevent heart disease, which is a catchy title, they reported that both a higher protein and higher fat diet improved 10-year heart disease risk better than a high-carb diet did. So your heart wants protein, basically, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I think even if you think basically in terms of human evolution, before we had supermarkets and food was in, in fa even farming, the human instinct is to see an animal in the distance and think that is prayer, that is fat <laughs> and protein, <laughs> that is food. Life eats life, doesn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't come across a field of kale and you wouldn't start licking your lips. <laughs> that's a that's a survival yeah. food if there's nothing else. Like, like, a, like yeah. a Neanderthal would look at a mammoth and think that's food for a week. Like that is fat and protein. Not many carbs on a, on a mammoth, but sure as hell they got excited <laughs> about seeing that. Not a, <laughs> you know, not an orange on a tree. <laughs> no. And like if like my dogs, if I put down like some a steak versus a cauliflower, it's, you know, a, no, it's a no contest. <laughs> what would they go for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. a no contest. And the, the Labradors, they'll eat anything. So, you know, they would they'll do anything for a sausage, my dogs. So, you know, it's like it's inbred with mammals that eat meat. So, yes. Anyway. So why is protein so good for you, Dan? Um, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a conversation with yourself there, Jill. <laughs> you, you went like this. <laughs> to answer, and I thought, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, protein takes more work to digest than any other food, so it burns calories when we're simply processing it. It also increases satiety so that you feel satisfied with less food. It helps maintain muscle tissue, something we all need. It's best known for building muscle. Protein is also a major player in immunity, hormones, enzymes, sleep, digestion, and even ovulation. There you go. So no wonder <laughs> no wonder our ancestors knew it was a good idea oh, to go and kill uh, a woolly mammoth because they knew all those things were going to benefit from it. Well, it's like ovulation is what the human race relies on to yeah good point populist so you know everything is relied reliant on protein mm, and you made a good point there about it takes like a lot of energy to, to even to digest um a protein rich food 
And then one of the other benefits of having a high protein diet would be the, the muscle building aspect or to reverse muscle wastage because as you get older, you get you can get sarcopenia and that muscle wastage. Because so people get sarcopenia. Yeah, so a high protein diet will slow that down or prevent that, especially when you're younger. But when you have more muscle on your body through a high protein diet and resistance training, that requires a lot more calories just to keep muscle on your body compared to fat stores. Fat stores mm. can just sit there and it doesn't require a lot of energy to keep them there, if any at all. But having healthy lean muscle on your body it's really metabolically active. So you're burning more calories, just having the muscle on your body. So once you mm -hmm. have that muscle, you stay leaner and you stay in shape for longer. So it's like, it's that compound effect. Once you start eating more protein, getting more muscle, your body starts constantly burning calories. It's a win-win. And all these high protein foods like meats are being talked about taste really nice <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's not like we're depriving yeah. you of nice food. Yeah, this is like the, yeah. the nicest food. This is like cheese and meat. Yeah, you don't have to eat boring kale salads. No, <laughs> like you saying, go out and, and eat steak eat. and lift weights and stuff. I know, and never yeah. eat buy low fat stuff either, because that's just removing the joy out of life as well. So yeah, well, they remove the fat and they, they replace it with sugar because fat has taste. So yeah. they take the fat out and think, oh right, how do we make this tasty? We'll put sugar in, and then mm. again, refined carbohydrates, mix put weight on. Yeah, see, like you, Dan, you would take a lot to put weight on, wouldn't you? Yeah, my metabolism's so high. I'm quite lean naturally anyway, but I've been weight training and eating high protein for so many years. That ball's already rolling so much, it mm. becomes harder and harder to undo. So that's, it's again, like we speak about, it's, I've just built a good foundation. Yeah. It's, it's harder to undo that, yeah. And there's no secret about it, is there? Like anyone can do this. It's not like there's yeah. any secret. It's just <clears throat> being consistent with your weight training, with your protein and your you're on a winner, really. I think yeah. if you're concentrating, if you really want to get like a decent body, like muscle, like toned body, the two things to do, weight training and eat protein. And if you just focused on those two things, then you would be on a winner. Those two things, definitely. Obviously, we've done the, the series on the six foundation factors, which it doesn't matter if you're trying to uh, gain muscle, lose weight, get flexibility. You need to do those six foundation factors anywhere. Mm. Then with regards to having a lean muscular body, yeah, protein needs to go up, um, cut out the refined carbohydrates like sugars and like sweets and crap and, and resistance training. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's doing it over a consistent basis. It's literally no secret and it does yeah. work. Like, it works. And, and if you're a beginner, if you're new to this, you'll see results very quick. Like your body fat will just drop mm. and you'll start gaining muscle. You get the results in the first year or two, like drastic. And then it obviously like anything, those little increments yeah, after that take, take harder, yeah. Right. So vegetarians, listen up now because I'm going to go sciency. And this is what you need to know if you are a vegan or a vegetarian. Protein is comprised of 20 building blocks called amino acids. And we have essential amino acids. Of these, your body makes 11 of them. And because you can't because you can manufacture these yourself, these ones, the 11, are considered as non-essential amino acids. The other nine are known as essential amino acids because your body can't make them. So you need to get them from food sources. So protein comes in two varieties, incomplete and complete. Complete protein sources are those that contain all nine amino acids. 
Incomplete sources contain some, but not all. So you have to pick and choose carefully. This is where things like rice and beans comes in if you're a vegetarian, because rice and beans would make that protein complete. But if you're just eating rice or you're just eating beans, then you're going to have an incomplete protein. You can find complete protein, so you don't have to worry about the combinations, in meat, fish, eggs, and most dairy products. Plant sources such as nuts, whole grains, and vegetables are usually incomplete sources. So there you go, Dan, you need to know this stuff, don't you? If you're a vegetarian, how many vegetarians would you know who would understand about complete and incomplete proteins? And- no, yeah, not a clue. They would they would just buy products, like obviously fruits and vegetables, but then they would buy products which just say, if they want to boost the protein, they say, oh, it's vegan protein powder, but then look on the back and it's all isolated soy protein and stuff like that. And it's just, people need to get used to reading labels and doing a bit of research as well, because like we said, there's a lot of recovering vegans out there because they've wrecked the health by trusting Mm -hmm. the the front of a a food product, not looking at the back and doing the, doing the research. Yeah. So things like rice and beans, peanut butter on bread is another would make a complete protein. But if you're not, if you're really picky as a vegetarian and you like, I know some vegetarians will only eat like one thing like cheese on toast or something like that, you know, and that was it. There's a really unhealthy uh, yeah. diet. So. Yeah. There's a really interesting podcast uh, Paul checked did with, I can't remember the guy's name, Adam someone. Anyway, he was a vegan. He wasn't vegetarian. So he was, but he was at the poster child for veganism. He was a ultra marathon mm. runner. I was an, an athlete of some sort. Anyway, all the vegan so-called health influences, everything looked up to him and he was, he was the face of veganism, but his health was just declining. He wasn't telling anyone, but his health was getting horrendous. And in the end, he kind of did his research and he he went back to eating animal products. And I think he says the first day that he had he had a, some eggs and some salmon after like five years or ten years or whatever. That night, he had a he had a wet dream, <laughs> like because his hormones <laughs> and his testosterone, yeah, and everything was just like yeah. this is like what what where have you been? <laughs> and he just his body came <laughs> back online essentially and that's yeah these, these although it's kind of it's it's tongue-in-cheek saying it but as a man having high testosterone and strong erections and things like that that is a and like with women having healthy periods and cycles and things it, it's like these are massive health signals that you should take really seriously because it's it's mm-hmm. a sign that your body is working correctly yeah for like um for women your ovulation is one of your essential signs of life like absolutely you know. yeah so, um, yeah, it's, it's funny that we're the first thing in Paul Cech's book is Emma Lane, isn't it? And she was suffering with cancer and he made mm. her eat a steak. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she'd been vegetarian and vegan, hadn't she? And she hated it yeah. at first, didn't she? But Yeah, it took mm. about five hours to eat a steak and he sat with it and made it eat it. And then, yeah, and then I she, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and obviously um, she went, Emma's got an interesting story because she, she became healthy and now she's a one of the highest level Czech coaches and she, now she cures people with cancer and things like that through healthy yeah. living. So amazing yeah, what you can crazy. do when you understand health. When you understand what you're doing, it's like, ugh, gosh, yeah. yeah. You want this. Once you start to understand it, you think, why did I ever do that to my body? <laughs> yeah. Like, you just do what you're taught. And again, if we follow yeah. the ins- institutions and the, the government guidelines, no wonder everyone's, you know, tired and sick and, and clueless, exactly. literally clueless. Then- yeah. Why would the government want to keep us tired and sick? Because some people don't question things, do they? You make money off people who are tired and sick. And, yeah, because they uh, rely on them and 
jugs. Yeah, uh, a patient cured is a customer lost. Mm. It's it's sad, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to crack on with my amino acid talk. The essential amino acids is something that we need to keep an eye on. In particular, leucine, L-E-U-C-I-N content, content which can dramatically affect muscle protein synthesis. So that's like the building of the, the muscles. For example, whey protein has a distinct anabolic muscle building character and anti-inflammatory properties. So whey protein, good. You also you need 50 grams of soy to get the same leucine effects as 25 grams of whey protein. So even like vegetarian sources of protein <laughs> are of a less quality than a, than a whey protein. Yeah, quality is like we're speaking about protein a lot, but quality is a big factor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And do you want to talk a little bit about that, don't you? Yeah, so you can have a high protein diet, but if the quality of the food you're eating is terrible, the chances are that you're going to be actually absorbing that protein into your system might be quite low. So mm -hmm. there's a obviously a famous saying, you are what you eat, but mm -hmm. you are what you digest and you are what you don't eliminate. So if you're eating really high protein but it's all crap and your body can't even digest it because it's so inflammatory then it's kind of a waste of time you might have the the quantity right but is the quality right so that comes into it as well and as well if you if your digestive system's unhealthy if you if you're not hydrated and you're constipated you could have been eating organic steaks for six months but if you're not really eliminating it uh, an organic steak that's been sat in your gut for four weeks and it's starting to ferment and go off, it's going to make you sick. You, you're taking a That's healthy a food. You're taking a healthy food and it's going to make you sick. So make, make sure your digestive system is healthy. You can take things like digestive enzymes, which are going to help digestion and actually get that protein from the steak into your system. So that's really important. You are and what fiber. you digest. It's yeah. And, and fiber as well, yeah. So you you are what you don't shit out, basically, because it <laughs> yeah. just sticks Great. around in, yeah. your, in your gut creating bad skin I, I, I was just noticing Lee put on something today saying it was a year ago since he did his podcast with Paul Check and a lot of his thing you know how he had acne and he cured mm -hmm. his own acne and that was about being able to go to the toilet and mm -hmm. eliminate things through because it shows up on your skin and everywhere if you if you don't do that yeah and yeah yes the, the outside of your body is one of the last things to appear unhealthy if you've got acne on the outside mm -hmm. and your your skin's starting to you know, visibly deteriorate. You've probably been your organs have been unhealthy for quite a while before that. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind yeah. of it's like one of the last signs, yeah. So um now we've got so we've talked about the essential amino acids. Now we're going to talk about um the fast release and the slow release <laughs> amino acids. So there's two types of cells so fast release, slow release. So the fast release is best for like after exercise. You want some fast release protein to, to get straight into your muscles to help build them up. And then as you go on through the day or in the night, you want slow release. And so that as you build in your body, so your body builds at night when you're asleep. So it needs some nutrients in there to, to be able to do that. So that's um, the slow release is called casein. K uh, sorry, C-A-S-I-E-N. So imagine you've done your, your resistance training for the day. What's yeah. a good example of like a fast releasing protein to have post-workout? So weight isolate yeah. would be a good one. So get, get your weight isolating. And then before you go to bed, get your casein in. This is if you're like seriously yeah, yeah. serious like, about it. 
Um, so, so those would you be you'd need two different types of protein powder really to, to to do that. I've done that before and had when I was on a serious mission. Um, and they're just simple ways of getting the protein into you without increasing your fat because protein and fat increase at the same. And once you increase your protein, you increase your fat as well. Yeah, really good tip. So I just want to quickly describe like kind of my, because I'm not obsessed with this, but I just want to make people like give a, an idea of my idea of how I would get enough protein in a day okay, yeah. and, how, and how to keep on track. Because I think people struggle with like, well, how much do I what need? What do I eat? Yeah. What do I eat? Um, how do I make sure I've got enough? So so for me, I would, again, do the bit of a calculation. So one gram per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's ideally. So one gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you weigh yourself in kilograms or stones, just do the conversion into pounds. Okay. I think that's the easiest way to do it. I weigh anywhere between, like fluctuate between about 165 and 170 pounds. So if I take 170 pounds, I need to have 170 grams of protein per day to keep muscle on and to gain more muscle. Okay. So I think, right, I need 170 grams of protein per day. That is non-negotiable. If I go over that, great. Mm-hmm. If I'm under, you know, get another protein shake in. Yeah. So I know that's what I need. Then I use my fitness pal. It's a free app. You can put in the calculation how much, mm-hmm. how many grams of protein you need per day. And then I log everything throughout the day and it does the calculation throughout the day for you. So again, it's there, it's in visual in front of you. You can see how much you need mm-hmm. and what you've eaten and where the uh, where the deficit is. So every meal I do, I log on my fitness pal. Um so in the morning, I would have maybe like eggs and bacon for breakfast. Then mm-hmm. as a snack throughout the day, I would have a protein shake. The lunch in the evening meal would be like fish or steak or chicken with, you know, with something else. And, and then another snack would be like jerky and biltong, things like that. So that, like that just sounds like normal living to me, but some people would have like rice and vegetables for, for lunch. And then for a mm. snack, they would have an oat bar. So your carbs are just going way up and your protein's yeah. just not even getting touched. So if I had a day like that, I can get anywhere between 170 and 220 grams of protein. Mm. And that's no different to how anyone else should really live. Just having a high protein of fat breakfast, meat with both meals and two or three snacks in the day, just make them protein based. And I can mm-hmm. get almost over 200 grams of protein per day, which yeah. is really achievable. Well, I'll, I'll give you a typical date of me as well. So I always have a big, massive bag of cashew nuts in the studio as well. So that's like what I snack on during the day. So for my breakfast, I would have um, either a big, like a thing of mackerel <laughs> on some rye bread, depending on if I'm gluten-free or not, uh, with some avocados um and yeah some meat and some cheese and maybe some cheese so I, I yeah eat like, high protein fat breakfast that's like to me that sounds really nice <laughs> yeah so yeah. I eat like like meat and cheese for my breakfast yeah like very continental um then I like have snacks of nuts like I say at the studio rather than I, I've forgotten where my protein shake is so I need to go and find that because when I'm on a real high protein thing and then for my lunch I'd have chicken with salad that's what i normally have just chicken and salad and then again like nuts and then uh, for my tea i would just have meat i normally have like um, either a stew or a lot of people would for the lamb. evening meal i think have yeah, like a, lamb chops, like a meat fish. based dish yeah, yeah. A curry a curry chicken curry or something like that like like a stew type thing with vegetables yeah and that's and then once, why so, yeah. yeah, and that's and you will get enough protein there. Uh-huh. And I think and a lot of people 
we'll probably get somewhere close if you kind of have a few snacks which are high in protein yeah and then, but you need to take the whole thing if you're not assessing you're guessing like you need to track to figure out if you are mm. you're not getting enough protein so on nearly every packaging it tells you how much protein is per gram per 100 grams sorry and then all you do is you, you scan the barcode and, it, and it's going to tell you yeah so you need to do the calculation and then just keep adding up all the time and then once you start reading labels and and then if you want to go an extra step further you can actually wear stuff just get a set of kitchen scales and chuck a chicken breast on there and if there's four chicken breasts in the pack and they're all going to wear pretty much exactly the same you can really start dialing it in so it's mm-hmm. like take the guesswork out once yeah. you've done it once you've done it for two or three weeks it becomes so easy that you you're going to start hitting those targets and you think well like it sounds complicated at first weighing food and looking at grams and stuff but a lot of the efforts done up front and once once you know how to do once it, it does become really yeah. Easy. yeah 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 and to give you a few examples um of like protein that's in things um so if you go for off the answers so three ounces of rump steak would be about 26 grams of lean meat um, of protein so like if you were had to have a steak for your tea that'd be quite a lot of protein in that for um for you and, and me uh lamb four ounces of lamb chops is about 23 grams uh, three ounces of chicken is about 30 grams so chicken's quite high in protein as well so yeah absolutely and two large eggs are about 12 grams so six grams per egg so you could have like a three egg omelet on the morning with some chicken or ham or something mixed in yeah uh, that would be a good breakfast uh fish uh, three ounces of tuna canned is about 22 grams um fish is all seems to be about like for three ounces about work on about 20 grams of protein yeah so that's a pretty good source of protein um Greek yogurt, one cup, eight ounces of, of Greek yogurt is about 23 grams. So you can mix some yogurt in. Cottage cheese is about, well, half a cup of cottage cheese is about 15 grams. And milk, eight ounces of um, milk is about nine grams of protein. So, Yeah, and again, all these things are like, to me, really tasty, nice food. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like me and like, don't drink milk because <laughs> it makes my skin go funny. Um <laughs> lentils one cup of lentils is about 18 grams so you can see like lentils are all right but you got to eat more of them to get the same oh, equivalent yeah. like yeah. when you think three ounces of chicken equals 30 grams like one cup of lentils equals 80 like you there's a hell of a lot of lentils in a cup mm. isn't there so you've got to eat a lot more of it to get the same uh, benefits from it um some top tips for snacks is um, pumpkin seeds. They've got a really high leucine level. So we said about leucine is the one that you need to build the muscle. So pumpkin seeds are good. Uh, cashew nuts, Brazil nuts, they have, um, for an ounce of those, uh, you get about five grams of protein. So they're pretty good if you drink eight and three ounces of them. Yeah, I think uh, touching on snacks is, a, is quite important actually, because I think people know for main meals, most people would have meat with a main meal anyway. Yeah. So they probably covered in that. Yeah. So I think where the two people struggle with, in my experience anyway, is well, what do I have for breakfast instead of cereal or toast or a bagel? And what do I have for snacks instead of like an oat bar or a, some mm. chocolate biscuits? So those are the two things people struggle with. So for breakfast, 
Again, with sport, like omelets, eggs, things like fish, it might sound strange, but once you have it for, for breakfast, it's actually really tasty. It requires a little bit more effort. Yeah. But it's nice. You know, you can pre or like even having a like chicken and peppers in an omelet. Like it's, it's a delicious breakfast with melted cheese in. It's like high fat and high protein. Yeah. Um, and then and then snacks is really important. Get rid of the high carbohydrate stuff and have things like nuts, jerky and biltong, Greek yogurt, a protein shake. Like there's so many options out there. It's just changing your lifestyle. It's going to have yeah. that slow release of energy. Your protein's going to go up and your carbohydrates are going to go down. And your calories will probably go down as well. Because once you start having chocolate biscuits and stuff, you never just have one day. It's always followed by... Uh, I, I had loads. a binge yesterday. There was these gorgeous biscuits. I don't know why I bought them, but I did. And then I ate them. And oh my God, I felt sick. And I thought, <laughs> well, why did I do that? It's never worth it, is it? You know when you just get that bloated painful feeling and i was just mm. like i was out walking the dogs and it just came on us and i was like oh it's them biscuits why did i eat them yeah when will i learn <laughs> when will i learn <laughs> i know we've all been there we've all been there and it's just when you haven't eaten them for ages and then you do and they taste so nice but oh my god they oh, no. oh yeah it's not that they don't taste nice um me and helen had a meal last night and uh a dad gave us these two these new things they like jaffa cake donuts <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll try. I didn't really want it because like I don't like to eat that type of stuff, but you know, I'll have one. And it was absolutely delicious. And I could have had 10 of them, <laughs> really, yeah. but luckily we only had one. So it's not that they don't taste nice and not that like yeah, people who are exactly. health conscious like us don't crave them. We do crave them and they're delicious, but <laughs> I know, know that's what people say. That's so hard giving up these things. Like we feel the pain, we have the pain. <laughs> yeah. It's not that we don't have the pain, it's not that we've got mighty levels of discipline either. It's just that once you know what healthy feels like, you know that that isn't a healthy way to feel, and you're feeling like sick and bloated. And yeah, you become like, more finely tuned to that horrible, sluggish, bloated feeling, and you, do, you, mm. you don't miss it, do you? So, no, and the sluggishness, sluggishness yes, that's just the brain fog, oh, brain that's the fog. Worst one aching like people walk around like this all the time like in this kind of stupor and it's just like you could change that oh you could change it really in, within a week couldn't you you could make a massive difference yeah and it it is hard to break that barrier because i mean i've been there before where because these sugary foods are so addictive and you get so used to that brain fog sluggish like not mm. feeling your best so all you do is to get rid of that feeling you crave the next sugary snack because for that two minutes you're eating it, you don't feel that way. Yeah. You've, got, you've got the endorphins going, you get the sugar high. So for that two minutes, you, you don't feel that way. But then for the next two hours, you start to slow down and crash again. So you go for the next hit and that's how the mm -hmm. roller coaster, it goes from one day to one week to, to one year later because you're chasing the small term highs all the time. Once you just have the discipline and go through the discomfort to crack that, you realize, oh, this is, actually feeling long-term health is actually a lot better yeah. than those yeah. short-term spikes all the time. I, I was just writing on my thing this morning. Like one of my favorite things is choose your heart. Like, yes, mm -hmm. it's hard to give up. Yes. It, and yes, it's hard to be constantly on the healthy wagon. And, but I'd rather do that than be in pain and be bloated and be brain fogged and oh, all yeah. of that stuff. Like to me, that's harder than, actually eating healthy stuff and making sure I get enough protein and doing all that stuff. And if yeah, you have yeah, to weigh it out, like you say, yeah. for the first few weeks, just to get used to it, then so be it. But that to me is a lot less hard than the alternative, which is like a life of bloat. Yeah. And for me, what it was like when I've been in like that addicted to sugar thing, it's 
it's buying the unhealthy food. It's like, it's almost as if there's like a mirror there on the shelf and you think I've picked these up, I've put them in the basket. I know I'm going to regret it, but I'm just, I'm just in it. And I'm just addicted to it. Yeah. That's it. You know, you're doing it. And that, that lack of like self-respect, it's just horrible <laughs> feeling, isn't it? Like you eating those biscuits, like afterwards, you, you're probably thinking, why the hell did I do that? Like you yeah, hate yourself so much, don't you? Yeah, I was. I only ate about three, three of them, I guess. But I was just like, oh, this is just horrendous. And the feeling like I was practically bent over, cramped. Mm. It was just horrible. And I just thought, that's them biscuits. <laughs> that's what yeah. they've done to me. Yeah. And when I've got, when you've got kids, I like have got two teenage boys who can just come in on the house on a night and they just want sugar in. Like it's just. Crazy. Oh, it gets worse I, with the age. Yeah, when you're younger, you can just eat. You can just eat. You can get away with and it, yeah. like, so I do have like fruit and bananas and stuff, and they do eat them as well. But they eat like they can just clear a cupboard. <laughs> like if you talk about like Jaffa cake donuts, they would like devour the box. You know, mm. it's like it's like the locusts have come in to the house, <laughs> <laughs> and they're both still like stick thin. You know, and like yeah. healthy, they're actually healthy food, but they do eat that. They do need that rush, and like so, I have the food in the house as well. So it's even mm. like harder to. When I, if I was living on my own, I wouldn't have any of that stuff in the house. But it's like the struggle is real, isn't it? The struggle is real. It's like every day, it's like Ramdas said, you know, like my guru turned up in the form of those biscuits to test my discipline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you're getting tested every day. But how do you survive against those tests? That is the secret of health. Yeah, it's like just hold yourself to a higher standard. Like and it's- raise your vibe, man. Just think those stuff are bringing your vibe down. If you want high energy, you've got to eat high energy foods and not bring the vibe down. The way you can do that is by eating, like, so going back to the eating high protein. If you eat good organic protein, so the higher the quality, the better the vibe of that mm. meat is going to be. So, and obviously, the big comeback for eating organic is it's expensive, which, yeah, it, it can be, but a good little bridge to that is to look at the meat that you eat most of. If you eat chicken four days a week, then just eat organic chicken on the other three days where you eat fish or steak or pork or something, eat commercial. So try and bridge the gap a little bit. You know, if you can afford to eat organic all the time, then great. It's going to taste better. You're going to digest it better. It's, it's going to be all around better. It's better for the environment. But if you want to bridge the gap, just eat organic two days a week and, and you will start to notice a difference. So that's a good little tip to kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. And if you get your protein in early in the morning, like we was just saying about our breakfast, I find it stops you eating later on in the day. When I have that five o'clock slump yeah. where I could just take in about 2000 calories just by inhaling things. Yeah. And it's, it's like, that's that, um, it's a double effect. So if you have a high protein kind of maybe a higher fat breakfast instead of a higher carbohydrate breakfast, it's like you're getting higher protein, like, so it's a good jump start to your day. Your metabolism's fired up. But then by not having the high carbohydrates, you stop that roller coaster of craving when you get the carb crash two hours later. So you stop mm-hmm. that. So it's it has two effects, really. Um, and if, again, if people think it's hard to have a high-protein breakfast, again, just have a, a two or three eggs, an omelette, and then when you're driving to work, have a protein shake. By the time you get to work, you've had 50, 60 grams of protein with no a extra effort. That's really. what you need, yeah, during yeah. the day. Yeah. Perfect. Have you got anything else to add to this, Dan? Um, my only other note I had was this is nothing new that we're explaining, really. Things like the Atkins diet, the 
uh, ketogenic diet, the carnivore diet, being a polar type in the poor check system. All we're saying is we're just giving you things that people have known for years in different guises mm-hmm. and it works. I know the Atkins diet and things that had some, a few downfalls, but ultimately having a high fat, high protein diet for most people is going to bring health benefits. So yeah, it, that's how I started actually. On the, how I realized I'd, I read the Atkins book and did it when it was out first time round. Did you get some good results? Oh, loads. Yeah. I lost yeah. a load of it. And everyone was like, what are you eating? As I was rock, rocking up with my bacon and eggs. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone was like, going, how are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know all the mechanisms for it magic. back then. <laughs> I just read the book and he said, like, right, for the first week, just eat, don't eat any. I mean, the first week is tough, like, because you're only eating protein. But then, yeah. then you start adding in more carbs, but then you find your balance point which is basically what we did in the Czech Institute. So when we did that in the Czech Institute, it was like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. So, yeah, I lost loads. Uh, that's, that was what convinced me really to that when I became a carnivore. Yeah, so for people out there who are thinking you're going to up the protein diet, which I'll probably recommend, once you, once you do your calculations, so one gram per pound of body weight, if you think you need some more, don't just do it in one big jump maybe. So all of a sudden you're chucking in, you know, a steak for breakfast and two protein shakes. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just edge up gradually and just yeah. keep tracking. And you'll, you'll find that um, you, once you get close, you'll feel your hunger and things and your body shape start to change. So yeah. just, just the main and thing is it, do the calculation and start tracking. If it does bung you up at first, when it's starting to eat more protein, make sure you're getting enough fiber in as well. So, you know, like green veg and stuff yeah. like that, just to counterbalance it, just to make sure it's still passing through your system. Because I think yeah, unless you're not used to it, well. and yeah. then, yeah, and, and lots of water, just to make sure that it's getting through and out of your system, like what Dan says, you are what you don't shit. And that's what you said. I said it more <laughs> eloquently than that. <laughs> I said you are what you don't I'm eliminate. I'm going to use that you, as my... you are what you don't shit out. <laughs> my next... That's going to be my new motto. You are what you don't shit out. It's true, isn't it? So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. I hope that's been helpful. Um, yeah. I, I mean, me and Dan both beat from the same drum here. And if you think we look like unhealthy specimens, then don't listen to a word we're saying. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's a good point. Yeah. If uh, <laughs> don't believe a word we say, just go and do a little bit of research and try it for yourself. And I think you'll find it's pretty good. Yeah, solid. And then look research. at us like we, we're the most unhealthiest specimens in the land. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. Remember, you can. Tune in every Monday. We're releasing new content, different topics. We approach our 100th episode coming up in the next few weeks. Wow. Yeah. Hell. Two Centurions. years time we've been doing this. This is like freaking amazing. Yeah, it was just a, a couple of days ago. It was the two-year anniversary of the first lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. God, how what a weird two years that's been. I know. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. And like our podcast, actually, the downloads are going up and up. So thank you, listeners, for listening to yeah. me and Dan rambling on for two years people want to know the truth man <laughs> people want to know <laughs> the truth is out there yeah. so yeah we're on iTunes Spotify Audible Podbean my website organicpilates.co.uk and everywhere. any reputable everywhere yeah everywhere yeah, great. so we're Thanks, back everyone. next week yeah thank you take care bye